Hello, and welcome to the Above Average Irrelevance podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 25th. This is episode 31. I'm Matt Weaver, and I'm here with Scott Nelson. How's it going, Scott? Great. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Uh, I was not done in by the snow today. <clears throat> I have a cup of coffee in my hands. What could go wrong? There was a lot of it. Snow, that is. And coffee. Yeah. Um, less, though, than I was led to believe. I mean, they were talking like maybe eight inches. And we got maybe four. I mean, that's almost a disappointment. It felt like eight inches to me when I was shoveling it. Yeah, well, you don't have a machine. Yeah, yeah. it was heavy. That's the deal. It was really heavy snow. It was wet snow, yeah. Um, So should we start with uh, Scott's diet update? Oh, sure. I can't remember where we last left off. It's been a while since we talked. Um, I'm making progress. You You were making progress last time, but you were still behind. Yeah, I'm still behind, but I've lost about 10 pounds now. I think given my I think given my schedule, I should be close to 20. So I'm way behind. Um, but I'm moving in the right direction. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. So I have started weighing myself every day or every day-ish. Yeah. Kind of, you know, if I think about it or... Do you see a lot of um, ups and down fluctuations? Yeah, it does quite a bit, but just by a pound or two. Um, sure. And that doesn't bother you psychologically? No. Not really. I think it's better. Um, it's better to be... Better to be on top of it. Yes. Better than when I was doing it week to week. Like, I'm already seeing steadier progress, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of other factors at play, you know, being post-Christmas and... You're working out now. Working out a lot more, all yeah. that kind of thing. But still, um, yeah, I'm on a good track. I'm not giving up yet. Which I may at some point in this progress uh, process... As I tend to do, but yeah. Yeah, you'll make it. So far, so good. How about you? January is coming to a close. It is. Um, I have so far, uh, I've not had any accidents. When I did this last year, I I remember I was somewhere and I was kind of hungry. And one of the things that could be purchased was peanut M&M's. And I thought, oh, those sound good. I haven't had those in forever. So I bought a bag of peanut M&M's, and I was literally halfway through eating it before I realized, <gasps> no sweets. Right? And I haven't, that hasn't been a problem for me at all. Um, I've had a couple of times where I've had things that could be marginally considered a sweet. Like I've said before, I've had uh, a couple of breakfast items that you put maple syrup on, right? Uh but uh, it's been going well. I haven't really wanted for much. Um, I haven't had any, you know, cravings for sweets or, you know, not having the shakes from not having booze. <laughs> uh, there have been some social situations where I, were it not my chosen path not to drink this month, where I would have had a drink. Um, but it hasn't really been that big a deal. Um, I have lost some weight. I've probably lost, uh, uh, where am I? I've probably lost six pounds. 
since I started at the beginning of the month. All right. Uh, I don't know if that's correlation with this or not, but it certainly doesn't hurt. All right. Um, so, you know, making progress. Um, uh, next week I'm going to ha- be traveling um, back to where I am from, where I grew up. And my grandfather still lives there. Uh, and he and I will probably go out to lunch one day. And it is possible that we may go out to lunch on the last day of the month. And uh, the place that my grandpa and I often go out to lunch is a place that is known for its pies. And that's why he likes to go there. It's because they have really good pies. Uh, I might allow myself to swap the last day of <laughs> January for the first day of February. Uh, for a piece of pie? For a piece of pie. Uh, I like it. I'll allow it. Um, but only because, you know, my grandpa is old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would just be rude not to have pie. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I'd probably get some lecture about, you know, the pies you'll regret. Right. <laughs> when you get as old as he is. Uh, I don't it's know. It's the things you didn't do. Uh, that is... Yeah, that'll come up later. Exactly. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> Speaking of shadowing, uh, so <clears throat> there has been talk that a forthcoming Apple Watch update is going to have something called theater mode. Have you read about this? No. Tell me more. When you put the watch in theater mode, it will not turn on, but you will still get the haptic feedback that you've gotten a thing. And then you can tap to see the display. Tap it or push the crown. I like it. Yeah. I I didn't know if that was a problem you felt you had. It's a problem. Yeah. And I actually have bought... can't remember if we talked about this or not. A few weeks back, I bought... I like wearing a watch now. I'm used to wearing a watch. I bought a mechanical watch to wear to the theater Uh, because I don't like having the Apple watch on at the theater because it movie theater or actual stage theater. I don't like, I like being able to see the time and I don't like that. It lights up. Um, I just went to a play Friday night and it's like every time you applaud, the thing's coming on all the time. Right. Um, and I can't, I'm kind of a, I would say I'm a little bit of an impatient theater goer. Like I like to know what time it is. And part of that is being antsy. And part of that is like, I'm kind of trying to figure out where the story's going based upon how long it's been and how much time is left, you know, just let it carry you. I know. I know. I'm kind of like that in movies too. Like I want to know what time it is because I want to know what can still happen here. You know, (laughs) it's just a bad habit, but I like to look at my watch. I don't like to do that with the Apple watch in a dark. Yeah. So that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and then sometimes, okay. So when I do glance at my watch, um, my theater companion then will want to know the time. So she's like, and then I got to like do it again to show her the time. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. The Apple watch at the theater is a bad idea with, unless it has theater mode. All right. Sign me up. Yeah. So I guess we'll expect a full report whenever that makes it out to you. Um, Okay. I was in an Apple store this weekend. And? By chance. We just happened to walk by one. And I had my AirPods on me, and I'm kind of having a problem with them. 
So I went in and they had, I was able to get an appointment and ask somebody about it and they couldn't really fix it, but they did have some suggestions. So AirPods are changing your life. How can you be having a problem with that? Well, it's, I actually already talked about it. The problem is the, uh, Bluetooth oh, artifact no. static uh, when I'm talking on a call. Robot voice. Um, and I've been using it more and more to listen to at work, like to listen for long, um, like WebEx meeting sessions, stuff like that. And so when I'm in a call for an hour, I'm guaranteed it's going to happen at least two or three times um, during the call. That's uh, an interesting... I wonder... I think it's like a memory thing or something, that uh, something gets behind. Well, I wonder if a different iOS device, like if you had a different phone, not a different iPhone 6 Plus, but a 6S or a 7, right. or a forthcoming 7S. The internet keeps talking right. about the iPhone 8. I don't know why they think Apple is suddenly going to not just have the 7S, but... Well, because they've changed their TikTok to TikTok Talk or whatever. But they haven't really. I don't know. I mean, because the... Anyway... I believe I will be proven right, and the rest of the internet will be proven wrong. And it will be a 7S. And okay. it will be a 7S, and it will be in the same cases that we currently have. Yeah, it could have something to do with the, the processor speed or the internals of this phone. and it Or the particulars of the Bluetooth stack in that yeah. phone. Um, so it's not, it's not really even that big of a deal, but I was there, so I thought I'd go in and ask. And uh, the, the genius who was helping me kind of went in the back and did some research, and she came out. And gave me some things to reset. Like I, she wanted me to reset the um, under general, like reset all settings, reset network settings, um, which I did, and it didn't change anything. Yeah. And then her third answer was to do a complete reset and set up the phone as if it from new again. And I was like, come on. Did, I mean, well, I know that isn't going to fix anything. Plus, I just did that. Like, yeah, because that phone isn't. It's like a month old, old. right? Uh, no thanks. So I'm not going to do that. No, I wouldn't. Um, so I think, I don't know, I might call Apple again sometime here in the next few weeks. I, I think the only possible thing they could do is just swap them out for another pair and see if it happens to be my pair. But I don't think it is. I think you're right. I think it's my phone. So when you say when you're on a WebEx call or something like that for an hour or longer, it's guaranteed? It'll happen a few times. Um, even just like, it usually happens between like the 15 and 20 minute mark in a call. Sometime when you're working from home and it would be easier to do, I, I would gladly donate my phone to you for an hour. Be on a call on your just, phone. Just to yeah. see how it worked. I don't know if that would mess up the security at your company, but that would be an interesting experiment. It would. Yeah. Oh, well. So yeah, uh, but they didn't tell me anything about theater mode when I was in the Apple store. So <laughs> for my Apple Watch, I did look at the Apple watches though. Those are always fun to look at in the store. And still no, no gold band. St yeah, still no nylon band with a gold buckle. Hmm. Oh well. Well, you can't get everything in life, I guess. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so here at the top of our list of things. Um. Oh, before we do that, since we've been talking about Apple, uh, I was recently in Wisconsin, and uh, as you know, when I am in the car, I have this little, you know, my car has 
a CD player and a tape deck because my car is ancient. And I have this little Bluetooth battery-powered cassette adapter, which has radically transformed my car driving experience Mm -hmm. because it works pretty well. And it allows me to connect my phone to my car without a bunch of wires and ugliness. It's brilliant. So I can listen to podcasts in the car. I can listen to music in the car. And it's easy to do. Except that um, Apple Music app, not the $10 a month subscription service called Apple Music, right? But on your phone, the app called music that has your own music that loaded has into it from itunes that has your music in it <clears throat> as well as apple music and whatever you know and your playlists and everything else is in there is i think very difficult to use when you're in the car like it it is something that really wants you to use both hands and it wants you to look at it like it's it's hard to use right like just to scroll down to you two and click on the joshua tree and have that go it's kind of hard to do i found it very yeah. frustrating um i don't think that uh a design goal of the most recent ui of that thing was you know 10% attention, one-handed operation <clears throat> to just select the next album or find the next playlist uh, while you're in the car. No, I agree. I find myself frequently, like, if I want to find an album, I use the search function of it a lot Yeah, because it's so hard to just scroll around and pick something. Yeah. Um, so I'm always searching, like, by album title, which is, a, that's a real pain when you're driving and trying to pull up music. Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't think it's very user-friendly at all. It kind of reminded me, like it it made me angry when I was in the car, Mm. um, because it was so frustrating. I haven't actually felt that way since I used to have to use Windows XP for my job. (laughs) So, you know, the music app is kind of like Windows XP. Like it is, it is Apple's Windows XP and it's... They keep working it, but they're not making it better. <laughs> yeah. Even the now the now playing works very weird. I probably complained to the, you about this before, but when you're in a song and you want to get back to the album, there's a weird sequence of buttons you have to pick. It's like the little menu key down in the bottom right, and then a screen pops up, and then you have to tap the album art to get back to the album. But it actually like flashes. It takes you all the way out to the home screen and then into the album view. It's it's very poorly designed yeah. how you navigate between a song and the album it's on. I haven't taken some time to really look at it. It's possible that I just don't know how to use it. Maybe there are some shortcuts that are better for it. But I've been an iPhone user since the iPhone 3GS many moons ago. So, you know, for better or worse, I have a lot you of... You know how to figure out things on the iPhone. Yeah, and I have a lot of foreknowledge or or history with how it used to work and maybe Mm -hmm. that's my problem but it is possible that by jamming two things in there the apple music subscription 
plus, you know, your music on the phone, they've maybe made it too complicated. Right? I don't know. One of the things I like to do is do the the up next playlist. You know, I'll find some tracks. Just keep adding stuff, yeah. Adding to it, and then it just goes. And, uh, man, that can be very complicated mm. to make happen. I don't know. Uh, I was not pleased. Yeah, I don't love the app at all. I love Apple Music, um, but I think the app's pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. But as far as the service goes, everything I've searched for in the past six months has been on there. Yeah. Like, it's pretty. it's a pretty inclusive service. I haven't felt compelled. You have a large collection of music, though. Yeah. That kind of makes a difference. If you have a large collection of diverse music that you like to listen to. Um, I go through these periods where it's not very dynamic. And, uh, I don't know, I have to kind of force myself out of my comfort zone. Ruts. I don't know if it's ruts, because <laughs> it's not wrong to have your favorite five or ten or twenty albums or whatever but uh you know there's new music all the time and and uh you should avail yourself to some of it um you're never going to discover music you haven't heard before amongst music that you own so yeah that's pretty unlikely (laughs) Uh, but sometimes i like to buy older stuff too just because it's interesting um you know i don't know all right. Best ending movie credits. So says random dude on YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> what was this guy's credentials exactly? Uh, that's a good question. The uh, this is Cinefix. Okay. So we watched various Cinefix um, movie bits before. Right. The. Uh, uh, they had a bunch of criteria by which they picked their top five. Um, two of them, uh, their number five pick and their number one pick, I haven't seen. Uh, the number five pick was Inland Empire uh, by David Lynch, and the number one pick was Blue Valentine, um, which had uh, Ryan Gosling in it. And Michelle Williams. That was a. Uh, it was up for Oscars. Like it was kind of a big film. The year it came out was like 2010, but I never saw it. Yeah. So their number five pick, the criteria was uh, something that just kept the moment a little longer. You know, you hit that whatever the emotional high point was right at Mm -hmm. the end of the movie and then into the credits. They didn't tell any more story, but they, they just kept that moment as long as possible to give you you know, some, some time at your own speed to come back to your reality and leave the movie behind. Uh, the number fourth pick was Wally, uh, which has fantastic end credits as most Pixar movies do. Um, but the Wally credits tell, uh, they continue to tell the story of what happens after everybody arrives back at earth. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's a, you know, that's like more story in the same universe that you're in. 
you know, including the main characters, right? The number three pick was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, specifically the scene where Rooney, the principal, gets picked up by the school bus and rides on the school bus. And that's a, you know, there are still things going on in the universe that are not our main characters kind of ending credits thing. Right. I think they talked about like the return of a character from the movie and then some interesting new thing that's happening to them or some extension of what happened to them in the movie. Right. And the, the beauty of that, of that credits is because it's the credits, it can go really slow and even pointed it out. They're like this, the pacing of this scene is really slow and you would never do it this way in an actual movie because you'd put the audience to sleep, but it's the credits. So it can go slow and it can be super awkward and you can just kind of exist in that awkward moment of I'm the principal, but I look like I've been beat up and now (laughs) I'm riding on the school bus back to school. Uh, yeah. The number two pick was, uh, gag reels. Right. Which is a very popular thing now, though. That started in the 70s with a Burt Reynolds movie, Hooper, I think is what they said it was. Uh, but uh, in this case, it was the uh, Jackie Chan movie Legend of the Drunken Master was their, was their favorite one. Um, but the gag reel are always fun to watch, right? I mean, no. Pixar has even generated some for some of their movies. They made uh oh yeah, <laughs> I always think that's really funny when you have like a gag reel that's been engineered, like it's been right. animated as a gag reel. Yes, there's always something funny about watching that. I guess I assume it's the animators and and designers and everybody have been living and inhabiting these characters that they've been animating in this movie for potentially years at a go, so. I'm sure they have all sorts of little funny bits that they amuse themselves with, and it's just an opportunity to clean that up, make it suitable for a home audience, and uh, ship it out into the world. Uh, but it's often funny, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad they do it. The other interesting thing they mentioned was that there was just an in-passing reference to Peter Sellers losing an Oscar because of a gag reel. Do you know that story? Uh... I just Googled it, and if you Google Peter Sellers gag, then the Google complete is real Oscar. Like, it's a trivia thing that he supposedly lost an Oscar for Best Actor because there was a gag reel at the end of the movie being there. Interesting. And uh, I assume, you know, him... Because they they show a clip of it in this video, and he's laughing. But I assume yeah. this, the movie must be a serious thing. Yeah, it says, some said that Sellers lost it because of the outtakes at the end of the movie. He himself said the outtakes broke the spell of the movie. Huh. Which is interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah, well, you know, as it turns out, we only put gag reels now in... Comedies. In fun movies. Right. Right. I mean, Which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen this Peter Sellers movie. Maybe I would have if he'd actually won an Oscar for it. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the, the number one pick, this Blue Valentine, it, uh, it was a character and moment review 
right? Like it, this, the images that it showed during the credits were from the movie so that you can relive it again. Um, but this one was notable for being very selective in the moments that it gives you. Right. It kind of recasts the story based upon the moments it yeah. chose. Uh, I haven't seen Which it, so I can't comment yeah, one Me either. either. That's one takeaway from this. There's a couple movies I should see. Though I don't know if I need to see the David Lynch movie. Like, I might be beyond the point of ever needing to see another David Lynch movie. You gotta work yourself up to it. That's like, for sure. I got more important things to do than just sit and, <laughs> sit and be confused for two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, there is something to be said for choosing not to be confused. So, you know, I always kind of like at the end of animated movies when they show the characters and then, like, the actor or actress. Oh, um, yeah. And you get the name because as an adult, that's part of the fun in watching an animated movie for me is figuring out who the voices are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes there's something you're like, you know, I know that voice, but I even by the end of the movie, I can't get who it is. And then I like that reveal at the end, you know, when you get to see who it is. Um, and a lot of animated movies do that. Sure. Um, we'll show some image of the actor recording the voice, you know, with the animated character next to it. I always kind of like that. They usually um, film those voice sessions mm -hmm. to give the animators some reference to what's going on. I find that an intriguing thing. Mm -hmm. So even though you're, you're voice acting, you're still kind of physically acting too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a fun little video. I mean, we've probably talked about it longer than the video is. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, on to the next. Lessons people often learn too late. Uh, this is not by anybody famous or important. It's just a random dude on the internet who wrote a top ten list of things that people learn too late, right? Like, uh, I don't know, number five, money talks. It says goodbye. If you don't plan your finances for later in life, you'll wish you had. Right. You know. I found it seemed like a lot of these are things that we've talked about um, on the podcast or in real life. Number eight, that big house you had, you had to have, yeah. becomes a bigger and bigger burden, even as the mortgage gets smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let your possessions own you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you don't take care of your body early, it's not going to take care of you later. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, Number three is uh, especially important, but you can tell people this and they won't believe you, right? But, uh, you know, sex and beauty may fade, but intimacy and friendships only grow. That's really hard for your average 22-year-old to, to grok. Absolutely. I certainly didn't. So then number nine, you will badly regret the things you didn't do far more than the things you did that were wrong. Yeah. Such as not eating pie with your grandfather. Yes. Uh, you know, there's a related bit there um, where the the sting of paying for some quality thing that is expensive will last but a short time. But the suffering you will do from buying the cheaper, poor quality <laughs> yeah. thing, right? That the... The money you save and the goodness you gain from that will not be, 
will not outweigh the the pain of having to use whatever this cheap thing you bought is. Right. That's kind of along those same lines, right? Like, uh, you know, you and I have gone to uh, a U2 concert, and we're going to go to another one. And, man, I'll tell you, that's an expensive thing. Mm, yes. Uh, but... Is that know, perhaps why you've been listening to the Joshua Tree? <laughs> could be. But, uh, but I'll tell you, I don't... You know, I remember being at the United Center and having a good time. I do not remember uh, how much that ticket cost. I mean, thinking about it, I can remember, oh, man, that was like $300. But, you know, who cares, right? I can remember having uh, that fantastic steak that I had at Ruth's Chris uh, that weekend. But I don't remember that that bill was, you know, $300 (laughs) or whatever it was between Find your credit card receipt, you'll remember. (laughs) But, you know, that's... You know, it's money, it's come and gone, I guess, right? I have the memory, and I don't, I'm not worried about the price, I guess. Uh, yeah, which is part of why I've been trying to remember this. Um, I'm making plans for February. I might end up being gone for quite a lot of February. So, you know, that's part of the don't regret the things you didn't do. Didn't do. So we'll see. All right. Uh, number 10 I thought was a cop-out, right? Every day you wake up is a victory. That was. They just wanted 10, and they only had nine good ones. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cliches on this list. I don't think any of these are things that I haven't heard before, mm-hmm. you know, in some meme post or quote or Facebook thing or whatever. But it was nice to have a compiled list of them, and they're good things to remember. Yeah. Uh, and now something is equally important as things you... You know, as truisms you should be living your life by. Uh, Ranking America's fast food chicken nuggets. Did you read this article? I did. When I saw it on the list, I was like, what the? It's so fun. I mean, some dude got paid to write an article. And I got the impression that he's like a serious food critic. Yeah. Uh. Right. So he went out and he tried, you know, like nine different sets of chicken nuggets, not chicken tenders, chicken nuggets with all of their processed artificialness. He ranked them. Number nine being the uh, White Castle chicken pretzel donut shaped. Yeah, see, some of these I didn't even know they exist. So first, I have to say, I don't I don't eat chicken nuggets. I mean, I love junk food. I like fast food. I'm not a chicken nuggets, chicken tenders. Like, I never, never, never order those things. Like, I'll always prefer a burger or a hot dog or something over chicken. I I am that way about 98% of the time. Every so often, I find that I like some McDonald's chicken nuggets. I don't really like chicken nuggets just... In general, like in anywhere, oh, they got chicken nuggets. I'm gonna hit. Right. No, I don't care, right? But every so often, some McDonald's chicken nuggets are are pretty good. I think. So I was at first surprised by I didn't know every place had chicken their own variation of chicken nuggets, but apparently they do. Well, Burger King's got chicken fries, so those actually look really good. Uh-huh. That was for us. There's no Burger Kings here in town. Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, Where over on Broadway. The one that closed a couple years ago? Oh, did it? Yeah. I guess I need to 
See, you don't Stick eat there. With the times. I don't. Uh, I thought the chicken fries actually looked good. That, out of the whole list, that's the one I wanted to try. Uh, I would actually be willing to... It's been a while since I've had the Wendy's ones. Um, I would be willing... This was their number one. Okay, yeah. So number one, they called it a tie, and it was Wendy's spicy and non-spicy chicken nuggets. So either variety... Wendy's chicken nuggets are the top. And number two was the McDonald's chicken nugget. Yep. Which is the one that I very, very It's kind of like the, the standard chicken nugget, right? Yeah. That's the one that I want occasionally. Uh, the Chick-fil-A nuggets, I, you know, I don't really care for. I mean, they're okay, but they're not great. Um, all the rest of them, I, you know. Dwight Castle chicken donut rings. I mean. <laughs> yeah. First off. If you're at a White Castle, what series of poor life choices have brought you here to begin with? So I suppose, you know, might as well compound it by getting something that's a chicken donut ring. I don't know. I mean, when you're at White Castle, I think you're getting like a bag full of burgers. (laughs) There's no room for chicken donut rings. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But, I, you know, I was thinking that maybe in the names of science. We should go get some Wendy's chicken nuggets. I would like to compare Wendy's and McDonald's yeah. nuggets. Uh, the hard part is you got to eat them right when they're fresh. So it's not like you can get the one and go to the other and have them at the same time. I think you really need to order them, eat them. I don't know. Luckily, we live in a town where there's a Wendy's right across the street from a McDonald's. Yeah, but what's the half-life on these things, right? <laughs> I mean, it's. I think you're doing it a disservice if you don't get it and immediately open it up and eat it at least eat a couple of them and then go over and do the same thing to the other okay you want to you want to do that someday? yeah let's i mean we it. ate chipotle a few weeks for, ago for in science. The name of science yeah so maybe we should have chicken nuggets for science okay science in air quotes so there's a little aside talking about the the nugget dipping sauces and the interesting thing was Several of them, maybe it was the White Castle ones, are served with like nacho cheese. Yeah, what the hell? Which is sounds that about? disgusting. <laughs> Why would you dip chicken in nacho cheese? Well, it's White Castle. Is it really it's chicken? weird? Some of them have tartar sauce. I don't know. I mean, I I want to dip my chicken nuggets in barbecue sauce, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, I usually go barbecue, which didn't end up on the list. Um, they say honey. I'd be willing to try honey. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Maybe there's a maybe there's a thing. Maybe you want the Wendy's spicy nuggets dipped in McDonald's honey. Maybe that would be the ultimate indulgence. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. Interesting. Fine, but it's not gonna it's not gonna put me on chicken nuggets. So, I still want a double cheeseburger. All right. Uh, Now we're on to the Death Star. And the final trench run. Uh, So this is from uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And uh, the, the question posed here is... Uh, if you see a picture of the Death Star, where does the trench run, you know, happen at the end of the film? 
And most people will say, well, there's that ring that runs around the equator right. of the Dust Star. And that's clearly where it must have happened, right? And the answer is it, it did not. Right? The If that ring around the equator, if that's... Um, what would that be? Uh, latitudinal, right? Mm-hmm. The trench run is a north-south run. It happens longitudinal. longitudinal. It yep. happens perpendicular to that center ring. And this blog post steps through the logic of how that is the case. And, uh, you know, the center ring... We know from earlier in the movie that's where the hangar decks are stored. So it's it's hugely wide, right? And they show in this article you see a scene where the Millennium Falcon goes into that um, onto the tractor beam, yeah, it right. goes into the end of the hangar, and uh, so you can see the scale of that right. uh, trench. And the trench run at the end is barely wide enough for for a couple of X wings to fly next to each right. other. So. Uh, so it's a much smaller ring. And based on the computer animation that you see when uh, General Dodonna is briefing the the rebel pilots before they assault the, the Death Star, uh, you can see by the com- computer animation that it's a north-south trench um, happening on what looks to be the northern hemisphere of the Death Star itself. Uh, but that's a, a, you know. It is interesting. I wish before you, before I saw the article, I wish you would have asked me, showed me a picture of the Death Star and asked me. Yeah. Because the thing was, when I read this, this didn't really surprise me because I had never really thought about it. Mm. Um, and so I'm now, uh, you know, there's no going back to see what I would have said. Yeah. But. Well, it's uh it is an interesting. It is an interesting thing. Yeah, it also talked about how, um, in the simulation, that the dish is right on the equator, mm-hmm. whereas you know in the final in movie the dish is in the northern hemisphere, and that had to do with like a design change during the process of making the movie, right? Which I thought was really interesting. But it was too late. They were too far down the road on the computer graphics. <laughs> Which, are the, I mean, the computer graphics are so great that they couldn't redo them. I mean, uh, I guess this was in, what, 1977? 1977, so. <laughs> yeah. It's not that they couldn't redo them. Is this that would probably take, you know, another three months for the computer to render the thing. Right. I mean, it's something that you would do in a, you know, in an minutes afternoon. today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like just drawing a bunch of green pixels on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, apparently during the Star Wars Rogue One filming where they were discussing all of this stuff, uh, they were joking that clearly the Stardust files that they got out of the archive at Scarif were an earlier version of the plans of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And so that's, of course, what makes it eventually to Yavin 4 for the Rebels to analyze. Oh, and it was the plans before the dish moved. And it's the plans the before moved. they moved the dish, right? That's <laughs> clearly like what happened. Yeah. Uh, or something like that, anyway. 
But yeah, no, it was interesting that they went through and provided all the evidence. Yeah. Um, that's one you could catch people on sometime if you asked them. I feel like I might win uh, pie on Trivial Pursuit with this knowledge right. at some point. And I will be hailed a Star Wars god. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not. Uh, all right. Should we talk about the last thing? On the list? Sure. I mean, it's it's more like a public service announcement. Yes. Uh, was this little three-minute video oh that some guy who works for Vox made. Uh, I don't show the guy's name. Anyway. Um, Title is Why You Shouldn't Drive Slowly in the Left Lane. Right. And this guy was on a road trip, and he got pulled over for driving slowly in the left lane. Uh and he got a ticket. <clears throat> and so this video is a little PSA that says you shouldn't drive in the left lane. And the premise was that this guy didn't know. He's like, oh, I don't drive much. I didn't know. I thought you could just pick a lane and drive in it. Yes. How can you not know that? I mean, I, I'm sure I learned that in driver's ed. Maybe. But that he did start out the video by saying the world is divided into two groups of people. Those of us in the left lane fuming at the people going slowly in the left yeah. lane, and those are the people in the left lane who don't understand that being in the left lane is a problem. Right. <laughs> and he was clearly in in the latter group. Uh, but as it turns out, there's science that says um, that... By slow people being in the left lane, people trying to go faster have to make additional lane changes to go around them. And those additional lane changes... Uh, are what cause the accidents. Are... Uh, they're more likely, like changing lanes and that sort of stuff is more likely to cause an accident than just driving faster. Right? And so, if all the people, you know, if you... If you use the left lane to pass and you get back in the right lane which is the rule in most states, um, you leave the left lane open and it's clear for people to use when they need to pass somebody. And it, it greatly reduces the statistical chance of there being some sort of accident because people are changing lanes, right? Uh, and then they said, you know, in Germany, in the Autobahn, uh, you know, people are trained, you know, the left lane is for passing, get over to the right after you pass and the accidents rates on the Autobahn where speeds are much higher than they are in interstates here in the United States are lower um, because people get out of the left lane. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I don't know. I saw that today and I thought, man, we should have that as a PSA. Well, we've talked about this before, I'm sure, but that's, I mean, one of my pet peeves, I, I you know, I complain about a lot of things and it's just kind of all in good fun. One thing that really drives me crazy is certain behaviors when you're driving. And, you know, I drive up to the cities a lot. I yep. commuted at times. And driving in the left lane is one of them. And another one is people who don't maintain a consistent speed. Like, I always yep. drive with my cruise control. And then you come on these people who, you know, want to leapfrog you and they'll pass you. And then you'll pass them and they'll pass you. And just drives me insane. And to the point that I want to have a sign in my back window, like in neon that says, I 
drive with cruise control, you're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Or some indication. I'm surprised that's something that has never been a thing. Some indication, uh, you know, like the hot donut sign at Krispy Kreme, some indication in in your car, you know, that you're driving with cruise control and what speed you're going. Yeah. Um, So then people around you can know that they are, in fact, the problem. Fortunately, uh, you know, we're on the precipice of cars driving themselves and so they will maintain a consistent speed yeah bring them on Uh, bring on my robot overlord car drivers yeah if they're going to drive consistent speeds on the four lane uh that happened to me uh several times coming and going from wisconsin this weekend right i'd i like you uh especially out on the interstate i'm you know i'm on the cruise right and uh I generally drive in the right lane. I go in the left to pass. Um, if I'm just creeping past somebody, I usually speed up to go around them just because I don't want to, A, spend a long time driving next to somebody. Right. And B, you don't want to be that guy that gets, you know, that leads a parade of 35 cars because they're all trying to go three miles faster than traffic. Right. And yep. you're going a half mile an hour faster. Yeah. Right. Um, so I try to be conscious of that um though if if the speed limits say 70 as it is in interstate 90 uh and i'm going 75 or 76 and i'm making it around somebody at a pretty good clip and you're going 90 i i don't care (laughs) right you can wait you can wait right uh it's not me being mean it's just you know i'm not what i'm doing is within reason yeah and you're you're maybe unreasonable unreasonable so um but maybe that's wrong i don't know uh but i you know i'm on the cruise right and i would see people you know go past me and then they'd slow down and then they go past me again and they're in cars that you're like man that you know man that cadillac really has to have cruise control right there's no way <laughs> that cadillac right. has to have cruise control even it's like man that you know one or two year old Hyundai almost undoubtedly has cruise control. There's no way it doesn't, you know. I don't even know if you can buy a car without cruise control. Probably not. I mean, it's not even an option anymore. It's a standard. Right. So, you know, it's just people, you know, gabbing, whatever. Mm. And uh, I don't understand it. A variation of that is when people will pass you, you know, a car will pass me and then pull into the right lane in front of me. And they're going like the exact same speed or maybe just a fraction slower yeah. than I am. And it's like, oh, I see. You want to go the same speed as me, but in front of me instead of behind me. Right. But then, you know, you inch back up on them because they're not going quite fast enough. So then I immediately pull over in the left lane, you know, passive aggressively. <laughs> and then I'll just drive in the left lane and wait and see what they're going to do. Yeah. That drives me crazy. Staking out your claim to the left lane. It's like, I'm not going to apply my brake, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm not a perfect driver, I guess. I don't mean to give the impression like I am. But I follow some very specific maxims when driving in multi-lane situations that make traffic flow. I mean, and if everyone did it, traffic would flow better. I don't know if in Minnesota, is it a law that you can't drive slow in the left lane? They uh, mentioned Washington State. There were a couple states that are mentioned in this where they write tickets for They it. had a graphic 
mm. where they colored the states that had the different laws, and I think Minnesota was colored in there somewhere. Okay. Um, so, yeah. One of the, uh, while we're ranting about driving, one of the other things that I see a lot on the interstate is somebody's in the left lane and they're passing a semi and they're usually not, you know, semis are always going slower, but they are a person going slow anyway. So they're not passing the semi very quickly. And so then they often end up with a pile of cars Mm -hmm. piled up behind them and, Mm -hmm. you know, people start to get angry, you know, and then they just kind of barely inch past the semi and then they, you know, now they, they, they're feeling the pressure of all of the, all of the anger on the interstate. So they whip over. And so they whip over right in front of the semi. And I always feel very bad for the semi drivers because I figure half the time they can't even see the car. Like it's disappeared in front of them. And then, uh, you know, the, the semi driver really wants to have quite a cushion in front of them right. because they a semi doesn't drive with cruise control, right? I mean, they have a lot of gear, <coughs> um, going up and down hills and stuff. Like their speed, their speed variance in a semi. Um, I they have cruise control, but it, I mean, they have a lot. They drive with Depending a different what philosophy yeah. than what we're dealing with, right? And so, um, if they have to make an emergency maneuver, right? Because let's say you pull back in front of them and you haven't left very much space, but then you have a blowout, right? And suddenly, you know, your car swerves or it's, you know, today it's snowy out. And so, you know, maybe there's some glare ice or something and you lose traction on the car. Well, they've not allowed themselves an outlet or you have taken their outlet away because, um, they're, you know, they're weighing 80,000 pounds and trying to slow that much weight down you're going to lose right because (laughs) you're going to be able to slow down faster than they are and you're just in trouble um so one of the things i try to do when i pass the semi uh and it sometimes i think bothers people behind me is i don't you know as soon as i'm just past the semi's bumper i don't pull over in front of them i get past them a little bit i like you know two three car lengths at least Right, because then I feel like, well, he can at least see me yeah. in front of him, and if he knows that I'm, you know, how fast I'm traveling, then he probably doesn't have to step on his brakes or otherwise slow down. He can just, you know, wait a couple seconds for my car to give him enough cushion again yeah. if I haven't anyway. And the person chomping at the bit to go ninety miles an hour on the interstate can just wait for another three seconds. Right. It's going to be sometimes okay. when you do that though, if you go too far, I mean, it's not too far, but the person behind you will whip out in the right lane, you know, in front of the semi to get out, you know, to get in front of you faster. Yeah. One of the um, things that is weird is people like, and you, you know, these people are so, you know, they're in this race, right. To get wherever they're going. And then, you know, they're going to spend an extra three minutes choosing which flavor of Mountain Dew they want. At the gas, at the gas station. station right? exactly. It's like, come on guys, right. You're yeah. not really, you're putting everybody's life at risk. And you're not actually getting there any sooner, right? I'm sure. What One of the common things I see, and is the source of many of my complaints on the road, is regular car drivers do not appreciate 
the 80,000 pounds of, of rolling thunder that they're whipping around and causing to do all sorts of crazy stuff on the road, right? Right. You know, a semi-truck will crush you just instantly <laughs> if you're in an accident with it, right? Because it's bigger and heavier than you are. It's not something to mess with. Yeah. So I wish people were better about that. <clears throat> Me too. Uh, another one of mine that I just experienced this this weekend um, when you see an emergency vehicle on the right-hand side of the road in front of you, whether it be yep. a trooper or somebody pulled over or a tow truck or whatever, you know, you're supposed to get over in the left lane. Yep. Well, I would argue it's not just incumbent that you get in the left lane. It's that you not prevent someone else from getting in the left lane. And yep. invariable, I'll have this happen. I'm driving <coughs> in the right lane and someone will come up and just be driving like right alongside you in the left lane. Um because they were probably going too fast. Yeah. And they and see so a cop car. So now they have to apply their brake, and then they're just going to sit there in the left lane and prevent you from getting over. Right. That drives me crazy, and I feel like that happens all the time, too. Uh, I saw that going to Wisconsin. Um, there was, as in the left lane, there was a pickup truck ahead of me. Um, I wasn't right on his bumper, right? And the pickup truck was slowly going past a semi. And as we rounded a crested a hill or rounded a bend, I could see because of the angle, there was, um, you know, uh, uh, it was a police car pulled somebody over or a flat tire or something. There was, you know, people parked on the side of the road up their ways. I was in the left lane. The pickup truck ahead of me was in the left lane. The semi was in the right lane. Well, the semi could see, oh, I should get over, Right. Because but he's pinned, yeah. And so, and he, you know, put on his blinker and went to look and like, oh, well, there's this, you know, pickup truck that has started to pass him, has not passed him, right? But you could tell, you know, the semi wanted to go and then didn't because the pickup truck was there. And then the pickup truck didn't really do anything. Like, they tapped on the brake because they thought, oh, the semi is going to come into my lane. Oh, now he saw me. I can keep creeping past him, Right. And let's I, cooperate here. Come on. But the, I don't think, I mean, if the pickup dr driver, if the pickup truck driver had been paying ahead, paying attention and looking far down the road, they would have had an opportunity to see it. But then because they were so close to the semi, they quickly lost the ability to see right. what was going on. And then only kind of at the last minute did they kind of realize oh, maybe there's something over there. And the trucker could, yeah. you know, the semi could get over in the left lane mm -hmm. and then got back over out of the way just so that, you know, the semi wasn't going 65 miles an hour, <laughs> three feet from the people exactly. on the side of the road. And then, uh, you know, and then the pickup truck could, could change again. But it, it just, it reinforced in my mind, Pays why would you take two minutes to try to pass a semi, right? right? You know, get past it. Right. And then get on with your life. Right? You it's a little more challenging when you're dealing with a semi, but when it's just regular cars, I mean, <clears throat> to make a car length's worth of room to let somebody get over is just not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think most people do it intentionally. I think they're just, just not paying attention. It honestly never occurs to them that you would want to be out of the way. I mean, that's, that's the law too. Yeah, if only people understood that, too. To pull over. I mean, you're not supposed to pass a stopped emergency vehicle in the right lane. Yeah. I mean, 
And that's something that is actually really dangerous. I mean, that you hear stories about that all the time of mm-hmm. law enforcement people getting hit or people stop changing tires getting hit. Well, because um, you, you're looking at it and you, it's called target fixation. You drive into what you're looking at. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens, right? It'll happen to you. Let's cooperate out there, people. <laughs> We're all in this together. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. That's all I got. Maybe next week I won't be as recovering from a cold and I won't sound like a crazy robot man. I don't know what I sound like, but... I don't, I don't know. I... If somebody has AirPods in, AirPods in listening, they might just think it's the AirPods. <laughs> Maybe that's your problem. <laughs> Maybe what you don't know is that your company is trolling you and everybody's got this, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got this filter, <laughs> you know, <they're... laughs> right. does WebEx have that, right? Yeah, Audio it could, filter. It right? could. Mr. Robot. The button just says mess with people wearing AirPods on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the F.U. Scott button. And uh, yeah, we'll get some nuggets before next time we can check back in, okay? Yeah, that's a good way to... To burn up a a good run on the treadmill with chicken nuggets. All right. All right. See you later. See ya.